When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, did you miss us? Truth Hounds is back. In its first season, the one-of-a-kind investigative podcast, co-hosted by comedians and real-life friends Anna Saragina and Kyle Mazzono, dare to ask questions both mundane and extraordinary. Questions like, why are some people mean? And why does time fly by when you're having fun? And now they are back for what experts are calling one of the most dramatic seasons yet. This season will have you saying things like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Listen to The Truth Hounds on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. On this season of Here's the Thing, I speak with more actors, musicians, writers, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like the multi-talented musician and actor Stephen Van Zandt. I had no interest in being an actor, ever, but I had just read every mob book, uh, you know, and I had seen every mob movie. So I kind of just felt I could do this. I kind of knew this kind of guy. Listen to Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. It's me, Brian Baumgartner, and maybe you've heard my podcast. The Office Deep Dive. Well, now I'm expanding it into even more of your favorite shows in my new podcast, Off the Beat. Hey, everybody. I'm Rob Riggle. Hi, I'm Allison Hannigan. My name is Jamie Lynn Segler, Meadow Soprano. Eric Stone Street. I played Cameron Tucker. Listen to Off the Beat on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? I'm Will Fulton. This is Thrillist Best and the Rest. Okay, if you've been listening to our show for the past few weeks, you know that we have a survey designed to make this show a little bit better. Now, if you take the survey, which only takes about two minutes, you will automatically be entered for a chance to win a $50 gift card. You can spend it wherever. It's kind of awesome. So go to thrillist.com survey or click the link in our description. Fill it out, possibly win some money. And for our most loyal listeners who have already taken the survey, uh, just take it again <laughs> and now you might win some money. Okay, back to the show. Today's show is all about Netflix. I'm here with senior writer Dan Jackson, entertainment editor Leanne. How do you say your last name? I've never said it out loud. Um, it's Butkovich. Butkovich? Yeah. It doesn't look like that. Uh, I'm not well, doubting you. I'm just creatively saying. Well, creatively, <laughs> Will. <laughs> and Emma Stefanski, staff writer for entertainment. How are you guys today? We're good. I'm We're really good. good. Yeah. Excited to be here. So a little background on Netflix for everyone at home. Netflix was founded in 1997 by Mark Randolph and Reed Hastings. They saw the success of Amazon, which originally just sold books, if you remember, before they expanded to uh, literally everything. And they decided to take that model to another widely consumed portable item. They thought about using VHS tapes, 
but they consider them too bulky and too fragile to reliably ship. I think that makes sense. But the DVD had been introduced in the States earlier that year. One thing led to another, and they started a streaming business in 2010. Now it has 139 million paid subscribers, which means there's probably like, I don't know, a few billion people leeching off of those watching <laughs> yeah, Netflix easily. around the world. Few boyfriends and girlfriends and parents. Yeah. And exes, exes, of course. Oh, oh. <laughs> Whoops, you owe me a Diet Coke. Um, hey. <laughs> do you guys remember the first time you heard of Netflix's streaming service? When it actually became a thing? I do, yeah. I remember being in college and I had a roommate who was like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> you can just play the movies off of your, you know, I think it was probably like a, a PlayStation 2 or something. And that's probably not right. But it was some device yeah. that we had that could play it. And uh, yeah, it was a real game changer. You know, you were kind of just like, look at all this uh, random crap that now I have access to. And some of <laughs> yes. it was really good back then. I mean, there were like, you know, some classic movies on there, some kind of obscure stuff. Um, and then some of it was like, Super high me with Doug Benson and then like a lot of things like that. Yes. Um, and there's just, it was a wide range of uh, titles. And that's even before they got into original content. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. This is all just licensed stuff. Yeah. I have a very clear memory. I was studying abroad in France. A few girls on the trip were like, oh, it sucks. We can't watch Netflix over here. And I was like, you mean that like thing that mails you DVDs? What, what's it? And they were like, no, it has a streaming thing. And I remember coming back and just get totally into it in the summer. Do you remember what shows... Was there like anything that stood out that you remember? I was trying I to remember think what watching was on like there. Party Down, Veronica mm. Mars. A okay. lot of those shows were all kind of available. You can look. There are like screenshots of. We've written about this on the site actually. Like there are screenshots of early Netflix streaming and what titles were available. It was like I remember the Sum of All Fears, the Ben Affleck, uh, Tom oh Clancy movie. They nuked Washington. Yeah, though, very right? formative experience. <laughs> just watching Ben Affleck and the Sum of All Fears. Um, you know, I was like, this business is going to be huge. I was telling everyone. After seeing some of all fears. Um, so early adopter. Yeah, just a lot of random titles. I do okay. remember a, a similar college experience of going to visit my brother in Chicago and we watched a bunch of Party Down episodes on Netflix. I remember the real milestone for me when I became really obsessed and the first time I really binged something was when Mad Men came out in, in 2011. Yeah, I think it had the first big. four seasons and I watched them all straight and I was like, this is great. This will be my life now. Part of how Breaking Bad really caught on was a lot of people watching it on Netflix later because they, you know, discovered it and they were like, oh, I, I gotta check out this show. And then by the time the finale aired, the last couple seasons, people had caught up via Netflix and were yeah. watching it live then. Totally. So this episode is really about Netflix's original programming. But I have to be honest with you, they put out a lot of stuff. And that's why a lot of this show is going to be about collecting your recommendations on how to sift through all the crap to find some of those content gems. But... I have to ask a question. How much money is Netflix spending on original programming? Uh, how much are they actually making? We don't a know. Shit ton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like in 2013, that's kind of when the, the whole streaming original content happened. Amazon Prime had their first original content as well. But uh, for Netflix, they spent $2.5 billion and it's only gone up incrementally from there. So 2019, they spent like $15 million or $15 billion, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. And this year they're projected to spend $17 billion. So That's it's insane. just like building on top of year after year. Yeah. Another interesting thing uh, I think that you said, Leanne, uh, a couple of days ago was they're putting a lot of money into international projects, yes. which they haven't really before mm -hmm. or have to a limited degree. Right. It's It's been in the last two to three years maybe, where they've made a concerted effort to expand globally. Mm -hmm. And it's part of like an overall strategy, like you were kind of yeah. saying, of, you know, most Americans who are 
curious about Netflix have heard about it and bought it. So their goal is always just to grow that subscriber base. And that's like a big priority for the company. So it's like, that's part of why they're like, well, we need to find more subscribers. So we need to grow this business. And so hopefully globally, everyone will be on Netflix. I mean, I don't know how you grow it once you conquer the earth, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's the real question. Everyone like, can always consume more <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, like that. And that's the real question, I think, in the future is like, how will there be like a, there will be some sort of retraction that happens because you can't keep spending this much money mm-hmm. on shows that some of which very few people watch presumably right but um i don't know we'll see netflix recession that makes me sad this bubble will pop um it's got a lot of competitors now it does it does more every year but anyway <laughs> i i plan to be hung over this weekend so i want to get some feedback on the shows that i should watch under some genres that i kind of just made up sure. um, <laughs> first up uh something that will make me laugh comedy mm. i feel like out of any genre uh, personally, I think that Netflix has. I don't think that there is a transcendent Netflix show that's like, this is a great show and you have to buy Netflix to watch this show. But I think they do their best uh, with comedy. I love I Think You Should Leave. Oh, the yes. Bones Are Their Money. It's the Bones Are Their Money. <laughs> um, I was hesitant to watch Big Mouth, but I watched it and I enjoy it. It's not like my favorite thing ever. And I, I love BoJack Horseman, but I feel like it wasn't very funny towards the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was more depressing than funny. Um so that being said, do you guys have picks about what I or the viewers or listeners should be watching in that genre? Um, you stole mine. I was going to say, I, I think you should oh, no, leave. That's probably all we're going to say. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I mean, I do think like, yeah, I, I agree. Netflix has made a lot of comedy stuff. Um, I think I think you should leave is the funniest one that I, yeah. and, and, I mean, at least in like recent years. For people who don't know, it's like this show from this guy, Tim Robinson, who was a writer on SNL and was briefly a cast member on SNL. So he's kind of in that sort of like comedy orbit. He also was on a show called Detroiters that was on Comedy Central. Also very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he basically got this sketch show from Netflix. I think it's only seven episodes and like they're very mm-hmm. quick. They are. And they move really fast. Um, if you like Tim and Eric, if you like Mr. Show or any of those bizarre sketch comedy things, this is very much in that tradition. And uh, it has a lot of great guests like Vanessa Bayer and uh, Connor O'Malley and people like that. And I don't know. It's just like consistently makes you laugh. And that's all you need from a comedy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a comedy when you want to have some laughs. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it is just funny. And that, yeah. I think that is the thing that like a lot of people, when they talk about comedies now in like the streaming era or whatever, it's like sometimes like, well, is this actually a comedy or is this like one of those dramas that's just kind of short and yeah. like has a few clever lines and stuff. And it's like, I think you should leave. It's like, is just comedy. Like, yeah. It's very just like, we are going to try to do the dumbest, like funniest thing in every scene. And mm. uh, they do a really good job of it. The one that I think about the most right now, like, and it comes in waves, is like sometimes I think about one a lot and then like the next week I'll think yeah. about something else. But I think about the one where the guy gets owned by the magician at the magic show. <laughs> yeah. And his wife is so mad at him it's that so he just bad. sat there. Yeah. And it's Cecily Strong. And yeah. like they're, they don't like talk and they're like together at night in bed and she's just like curled over on the side. And she's like, why the fuck didn't you say anything? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I think about that too. Oh. Well, the Kate Berlant Garfield house. I love <laughs> Petty Henderson. Yeah. Christmas came early this year. Oh, that one is so funny. And then the baby Christmas of the around. year? I'm sorry. Baby of, <laughs> baby <laughs> of the year. We could go forever. We should anyway, probably sorry, go. Yeah. <laughs> Leanne, do you have anything else? Uh, I don't know if people liked uh, Children's Hospital, but in the same vein of that, like, absurdist comedy, there's the long-awaited spin-off of that, which is Medical Police. Mm. It's very funny. It's very funny. It's basically Rob Hubel's character and Aaron Hayes' character, like, on this global journey to stop a virus. 
They're doctors and cops. They're doctors and cops. (laughs) Medical police. Okay. Um, But yeah, you get cameos from all the Children's Hospital regs in there. What is Children's Hospital? It started as an online short that eventually migrated to the big screen, the silver screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like this absurd short show where- It's on Adult Swim, In Adult Swim, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the big screen, the silver screen of- uh, Of Adult Swim. (laughs) Of of late night night TV. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Home theater experience. Yeah. Exactly. A bunch of doctors like doing a bad job in a kid's hospital. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Emma. Uh, I've got a few in the vein of I think you should leave. I think Netflix does a good job with like sketch comedy shows. Uh, Dan mentioned Mr. Show. Netflix revived Mr. Show sort of semi sort of. Uh a few years ago, it was like one of the first like original comedy things that they did. And it was it's just with Bob and David. It's Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. And they're just doing like weird sketch stuff. Mm-hmm. And also uh, the characters, which oh, is yes. another thing that Tim Robinson is on. Every episode is written, I think, and acted in by one comedy person. Like yeah. John Early has an episode. Tim Robinson has an episode. Like uh, tons of people. It's all like sort of one narrative, but then it like knits together different sort of sketch characters that these people play. So they play okay. like multiple people in the whole thing. It's great to watch. It's very fun. Uh, and you can watch it over and over again. I wish they would make another season of that. I, feel I like know. That's- yeah. I want characters season two. Yeah. I've been wanting that for years. And then my last thing that I want to mention <laughs> is American Vandal. Yes. Which is like yes. the Love best it. thing Netflix has ever done. Right. For people who don't know... um. What is American Vandal? American about? Vandal is a parody, like true crime docu-series that's like ostensibly produced by these students at this school. The first season oh. follows a boy who may or may not have done the dicks. Spray <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> painted dicks onto every single car in the school parking lot for yes. like whatever reason. And so the whole show follows like whether or not this kid did it, whether or not he's being framed by like other students or even teachers. It's very like making a murderer. Like, yeah, on that. exactly. Um, I remember watching that show and at first I watched it because, you know, the premise sounded hilarious to me. <laughs> um, but I, by, the, by the time I finished, I was like, I, I just wanted to find out who did it. It turned into just that. It's, like, yeah. it's just very well done and it's a great slow burn. Um, and the final episode is like really affecting. Too. It is. Like yeah. it gets, it really gets you. It's one of those comedies that like turns into not a comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We'll have some more categories. You care for the house, the kids and our future. A Shiro's day is never done. So let's start saving a little more now. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings. Visit aceyourretirement.org. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, Shadow Fam. This is Catherine McNamara. And it's me, Dominic Sherwood. Have you missed us? Well, you don't have to anymore. Because Kat and I are very excited to announce that we have a brand new podcast called Return Return to to the the Shadows. Shadows. That's right. We are diving back into the show that ended way too soon. We'll be taking you into the fray and delving into every corner of the shadow world. Kat and I will be rewatching every single episode with you, but we will also be bringing on tons of cast and crew to dive into their experiences on set because we know life without them could be a little mundane. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot wait to share this with you. So please join us as we listen to Return to the Shadows on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katherine Townsend, host of the true crime podcast, Hell and Gone. On October 30th, 2015, 
the Little Rock Police Department searched an abandoned car in a small residential park. The car belonged to 18-year-old Ebby Stepek. And then the fact that they found her makeup in her car, her phone in her car, her wallet, her keys in her car, that right there tells me someone planned this. Ebby had vanished without a trace. I'm back in Arkansas, trying to find out what really happened to Ebby Stepek. None of her friends knew any of the people she was hanging out with. Did she take somebody there with her? Did somebody kill her and put her down there? We're going to figure out if he's home or not. We're going to go knock on the door, and we're going to try to just talk to him. Listen to Helen Gone on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So if I want to watch something when I'm kind of falling asleep, maybe I'm drunk, but something just kind of get my mind off the hard work that we do mm-hmm. during the day at Thrillist.com. Um, I feel like a lot of people use The Office for that. I watched something very mindless the other week, Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, my God. You think that's mindless? I, I watched did, that. Well, I didn't really. I thought it was kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it was three episodes, like three hours long. It could have been like 45 minutes. So Don't Fuck With Cats is about this Internet group that saw this video of someone mutilating a cat. And then they kind of went to try to find the culprits and eventually the police got involved. Yeah, it was just kind of stupid. Um, (laughs) Like they had the whole thing, like these people in in the Facebook group were like, and in the video, we saw a pack of cigarettes and zoomed in on the cigarettes. And I said, hmm, that's weird. It's a Marlboro. Now, what country is that? It's like, obviously, it's a pack of Marlboro. (laughs) And and, And then I saw some writing. So I zoomed in further and it's a Surgeon General's warning. What countries have Surgeon General's? Then it hit me, America, and that's like kind of that—that's like the whole show. Um, well, I think this problem points to something that a lot of people have problems with when it comes to Netflix original content, which now has its own term, which is Netflix bloat. Mm-hmm. So things that are like ten episodes that could be four episodes or like a ninety-minute documentary or something, um, shows that are an hour, forty-five minutes to an hour long that only really need to be like. 20, 30 minute episodes. Right. So they, a lot of the time people find all of these shows yeah. to be quite overdone. It's like and, overextended. Yeah. Which is really the opposite of what I think you should leave is because it's very, you, exactly. you, you want way more. That's why it's so satisfying. Yeah. You're just like, bam, bam, bam. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that was a tangent. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Dan, mindless Netflix shows that are actually okay to watch. So I I also kind of went, I would say, the counterintuitive path in thinking about this because I also like I don't tend to like fall asleep that much like watching things. Okay, I don't like watching things that are like narrative shows that you are going to miss like parts of the plot and then Mm -hmm. have to like readjust. These are the shows you won't care if you miss part of them. Yeah. So so my thinking around this was I was like the series Dirty Money is actually very good in this sense because it's like it's it's a good show, but it's like very like authoritative kind of documentary. They're like each one episode is about like a different topic and like some of them vary in quality some of them are very good they're often about corruption um that's what you watch when you're like <laughs> I, you know <laughs> I, I, I know because i was thinking about this question like seriously and like my own experience and i yeah. remembered like at some point again early days of netflix streaming in college i would often come home and fall asleep like watching uh that like enron documentary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it was just like very, it was like there's something about when you come back after a night out and you're like, 
You're like, you know what? I want to watch something that has like information, but that's also sort of soothing. And like, it's like, I think a lot of people use podcasts in the same way. Yeah. Sure. And it would provoke an emotional reaction because I watched this Enron thing. I'd be these fucking days. They should all <laughs> go to jail. And I would get really mad, but then I would just fall asleep, you know? And, and forget about it. And I know okay. I had seen it before and it was directed by this guy, Alex Gibney, who makes like a ton of documentaries. Um, sure. It's not The Office, but. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Dan. I was thinking about this too. And I'm like, you know what? I, in that moment when I am like wasted, ugh, yeah. I want something that's Is that kind what of, you do? Anyway? Yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah. That's an, an imitation of myself. Um, yeah, I want something that's going to be like kind of provoking me, but also somewhat unintelligible because I'm not paying attention enough to like keep track yes. of what's really going on. So like, honestly, Dirty Money is a good one, I think. In the same vein, but like towards food is Rotten, which is like about corruption, but about specifically like how they're jacking up egg prices right. and chickens are all... Uh, Love like, that show, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's a good show. Yeah. But then there's also like the alternative where it's like, planet earth our planet which is just like so like mind balmy right i mean i'll watch it anytime but especially (laughs) (laughs) at night when you just want to just like flick your brain off and watch creatures move uh gracefully underwater exactly Mm -hmm. yeah emma what do you think i'm also in the big the planet earth docuseries animal docuseries camp because you don't have to follow any one thing you can like go wash your dishes and come back and it'll be a different animal (laughs) doing something new and you'll be like oh okay i'll sit down here for a sec and watch it (laughs) I have a cat, and he loves those oh, yes. shows. Yeah. Uh, I've seen every John Mulaney comedy special uh-huh. yeah. many times. Yeah. And that's sort of the kind of thing where, like, I'll turn, like, my TV on and not know what I want to watch, and I'll my, my, like, hand will just sort of go over to Netflix <laughs> and then search, like, J-O-H, and oh, there he is, and, like, whichever. I think he has three on there right now. Uh, two the one of with them the kids are, is really funny. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Sack Lunch, Sack Lunch. Yeah. Bunch. That's yeah. really good, really funny. So, like, his stuff is, like, I'll just turn it on and, like, say whatever punchline, like, as he's saying it, because I've watched them so many times. But, like, the Netflix comedy specials in particular, I think, are some that you can just sort of turn on and mindlessly be like, I agree. Oh. It's very, like, background fodder. Yes. Are there ones that stand out to you? I just want them to bring back the Enron documentary. (laughs) I've been I've been sending like uh, letters to Ted. Like Zodiac, you're the weird Enron guy. (laughs) Like bring back Enron, Enron. make Enron into a 12 hour series, please. You want more bloat from the Enron? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's like let's go back to old documentaries and bloat them up with like additional (laughs) episodes, so I can kind of more Ponzi scheme (laughs) content. Yeah. So I want to talk about food and travel shows because, you know, that's something we cover at Thrillist along with entertainment. Um, two that really stick out to me is street food, made by the same people who made Chef's Table, but with literal street food. And I find it way more interesting uh, than actual Chef's Table because they're going to countries all over the world. The other one is called Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories. Have oh, you guys ever watched that? Yeah, dude. It is so good. It takes place in a 12-seat uh, izakaya restaurant in Shinjuku, Tokyo. That's only open from midnight to 7 a.m. And it's it's focused on the customers that come in. It's it's kind of like a small, intimate show, but it's really great. It sounds boring. It's really not. Yeah. It's really sweet. It's endearing. Similarly, there's another Japanese show called Kentaro the Sweet Toothed Salaryman. Okay. And it's just him going around to different sweet shops and having, like, a reaction to eating this delicious sweet I know food. exactly what you're talking and, about. Yeah, and he's, he's, like, making up excuses to, like, have a detour on, like, his publishing day job so he yeah. can go eat candy. It's very, like, hallucinogenic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's wild. Uh, 
Dan, food and travel, when you're not watching or thinking about Enron. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I want to take a break from constantly thinking yeah. about Enron. Um, I try to think about uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. Um, yes. Like I think you should leave. It's a short episode count. It has, you know, the, the host kind of takes you through each of these concepts, salt, fat, acid, heat. There's one episode on each topic. And it's just a really elegant kind of blend of history and sort of like personal stuff and, uh, you know, reported kind of research interviews with different people in different regions. And I don't know, it's just, it's really well done. I feel like she like kind of does a great job of nailing all the nuances of yeah. cooking and culture and how those things kind of all interplay. And um, yeah, it's great. Land food and travel shows on Netflix. Yeah. So one that I think is very fun that is like competition-based, uh, nailed it. It's very, like, everyday person kind of show. So Nicole Byer and Jack Torres have this, like, essentially cake-making show, but for very mediocre bakers. Right. So, like, they always turn out like shit. Isn't it like Pinterest Project? Like yes. the real life. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. Like so making like, these complex things that mm-hmm. the pictures look really good. Yeah, and so then... they'll have this, like, huge tiered cake or something that they bring out in the beginning, and they're like, you're going to replicate this. <laughs> and then it just looks like... Like a mountain of shit. Is it mean? <laughs> mm, no, no. It, it's in very like good spirits. Yeah. Um, like it's they very, know they're bad, and they're still, <laughs> yeah, okay. they are not under any ideas in their <laughs> mind that they're actually good at this. Right. So I think it's really fun. It's very funny. Nicole and Jacques have this very funny rapport with each other. There's a little a funny bit about this long-haired PA named Wes. Yeah. Nicole's always like, oh, Wes, <laughs> Wes, where's the trophy, Wes? <laughs> Which I, I get a little kick out of. <laughs> yeah, you could have put that in the first category, honestly. Yeah, true. Um, am I food and travel? Uh, well, I have one show that I've actually written about before uh, mm-hmm. for Thrillist.com. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Where else? Yeah. And it's uh, it's sort of a food show. It's more of like a crafting show, honestly. Okay. And I think you know what I'm going to say. I do. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, it's called The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. It's one season. It got canceled because like, I guess like no one watched so it. So sad. Yeah. Idiots. Didn't watch the show. <laughs> Fucking more. What were they missing? Uh, oh, so much. Goth so, homemaking. Oh, really? Yeah. This woman is like this Instagram influencer person yeah. who like makes all of her own clothes and has this very like 1950s sort of Tim Burton-y aesthetic. And I guess she like was pitched or whatever for Netflix for this show wherein she makes the stuff that she like takes pictures of and posts on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you like see it all like happen. And she has this whole like uh, kind of a narrative arc with like a bunch of puppets, Puppet like, animals. little animals, and like what, more of the animals. Right, talking. So we love talking team. animals. Yeah. It seems very quirky. It's very it's quirky. Well, it like is it. so quirky. <laughs> oh, I believe you when you say that. <laughs> um, but she's so like charming, and she's so much fun. And the like the whole joke of the series is that she makes these like extremely complicated things. Mm-hmm. So you're uh, not learning a lot, right? No, yeah. it's just you're just watching her make stuff. Cool. Yes, I love to watch her make chocolate uh, gothic castle. Yes. and uh, like staple fucking couches. What's weird is like I've never even seen this show come up. Yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to the way the shows can kind of just fall through right. the cracks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because we obviously we hear about the big, you know, the Stranger Things, right. the House of Cards, but like there are so many shows now that unless it kind of either has a big promotional rollout with like a big star mm-hmm. or it kind of like catches a wave of like social media enthusiasm and reviews and everything, like some of the stuff can just disappear and mm-hmm. people yeah. will describe it to you and you are like, do you live in another universe? Yes. <laughs> yeah. like, like, are you paying for some other like goth Netflix <laughs> that I don't have access dark to? Great Netflix. Idea, I yeah. would love Netflix, goth dark, Netflix. Love that mm-hmm. would be so good. Okay. 
something that's bad, but so bad, mm-hmm. it's actually good or at least fun to watch. Um, I think that we have to talk about The Circle. It's definitely oh, the moment. Hell yeah. Uh-huh. I, in doing some light research <laughs> for the show, I put on like episode five of The Circle. I was like, I don't know what this show's about. Already? Episode five? Well, no. Jumping I just in. dove right in. No, I dove right Spoilers. in there because I just wanted yeah. to get a taste of what it was like. Oh, and what I, makes God. you do that? That's so chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the middle of the episode? The episodes are lined up in a proper order for you on the menu. And you're you're just like Russian roulette, baby. Like, I gotta... I'll tell you why. Because I just, I planned on watching like 10 minutes of it just to see what it's about. But I ended up watching it for like three hours. Exactly. It's so fucking good. It's so good. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't watched The Circle and I've heard so many good things. I'm I'm nervous if I watched it, I would dislike it. And then I would have to argue with people I know. uh, (laughs) That's the great method. told me it's good. I don't know if it's a Dan show. I yeah, I hesitate to actually recommend it. To <laughs> is that, is that Dan Core? <laughs> it's not Dan Core. <laughs> so I feel like we need to explain what the hell the circle I would is love to begin with. Because like I tried to a few times. Um, these people living in isolation. Yes. Kind of like old boy. It reminded me of that. Oh, yeah, like, true. stuck in their hotel. Mm-hmm. It's just like old boy. <laughs> it, it is well, the first part. Exactly. Old boy the series. Yeah. <laughs> Load um, it. And they can't interface with each other. Well, the only way that they can interface with each other is through this invented social media app called The Circle, which is a hybrid of like Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. AOL Instant Messenger. Little touch of LinkedIn. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like this very highly curated version of yourself on this profile that's presented to the other contestants. So you can like play as yourself, yep. which many people do. But then you could also play as a catfish, That's which the twist. people also do. Yeah, like right. You're never talking with your voice or like through yes. video. It's all through This chat. voice chat. This vo- You're going like, circle. You have to say Send it. Emma yes. a message. Hey, Emma, what's up? Smiley face, winky face, emoji. heart, heart, emoji. emoji. Yeah, yeah. Send. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that somebody wins the circle is that they all like rank each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this like inevitable tally that comes mm-hmm. up of like the people at the top and the people at the bottom. And it tends to be the two people at the top become influencers yes. and get like they a get little a blue mark. tick, yep. just like Twitter. And then they deliberate on who they want to get rid of or who they want to save. Yeah. Um, the two influencers essentially get to pick who gets voted off the island in this case. It's yes. weird. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's, Survivor, yeah. but, right. but social Big Brothers, media driven. All kind, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's it's just all like, kinds of Love island honestly, a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Emma, which is the guy that, that you like on the show? Joey Sasso. Oh, Joey. He's so good. We love he's Joey. my favorite. He's like every kid I grew up with <laughs> in New Jersey, honestly, who loves his mom. I love my ma. You just hate him at first. I'm doing like, a face Oh, I love him. <laughs> I loved him immediately. I love him. Oh, he's so good. He's so funny. He is good. He's very much like the kind of guy who you think is going to be like a total dickhead yes, yes. I mean. and then he consistently is liked by everyone yes. he's so sweet yeah my favorite moment of joey in the show too is i'll never get this out of my head but there's they have a they do have a challenge in here where they have to like replicate a cake nailed it right they literally call it like oh, nailed it. a little tie-in yeah. yeah. um events. yeah i won't say who wins spoiler yeah, alert but don't. joey is frosting this cake with his bare hands (laughs) and is like wiping the top and sides of the cake with his hands and like petting the cake. they not have utensils? Oh no, they do. Well, they eat and cook so much. That's like half of the show. They do eat a lot. Cooking and reading. Yeah. 
Uh, but no, he he's just like doing his own style, doing his Joey style. <laughs> but what's the what's the coolest thing for me about the show is that they're all sort of like deciding how it works yeah. themselves. Right. When I was watching it and like telling friends about it, people go, oh, like, how do they win? I'm like, well, I actually don't really know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. Is uh, there an end? Yeah. Well, well, one yeah. I mean, I wish. Locked, as they call yes. it, right. voted out. Another person or sometimes two people come to take their place. And yeah. the mm-hmm. circle gets bigger. Um, circle Enron would be good. Like a Ooh, season of the Having circle. all of them in there? <laughs> yeah. Taking, prison. You're staking two words. That's yeah, what they're going to do. I think a lot of them are out now, actually. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. So come back in. Yeah. Dan, you're something that's so bad, but it's actually good. So obviously not the circle. Yeah, I, I struggle with this category. I don't want to push back too hard, but like I, I'm you can. only watching. Fair good. enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. Dan's <laughs> like, taste is impeccable. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's more just like TV I mean shows that. are so long, mm-hmm. and I'm always kind of like confused when people are like, "Oh, this." I watch this awful show. I watch, <laughs> I watch all eight seasons of it. I'm like, and I hated every yeah, second no, of it. It made me so freaking mad. I'm always like, why? Like, why did you do that to yourself? Like, it's like if most things are bad, I, I'm like, I'm gonna bail. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna watch it. There's, there's literally like a hundred other things you could watch. Yes. That, like all the people in my life have been telling me I should watch. So the idea that I'm gonna just go like torture myself. That being said, the one thing <laughs> that I would say like I would kind of put in this category, maybe <laughs> this is really embarrassing. It would be uh, the ranch, the show, with, <laughs> oh, the show with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Damn, because I've watched a lot of it. Oh and my god! I would say it, okay. it's, it's, it's a good, but I would so say it's pretty it good. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the ranch is that it's like a very traditional kind of. Which again, Netflix has done a few of these sort of like multicam sitcoms with like sure. laugh tracks, one day at a time. Right? That was that was yeah. really good. Yeah, that, that was good. that was a really good show. The ranch is kind of like this thing that you start watching because you're like. What is what this? Is <laughs> it's Ashton Kutcher. Right. Sam Elliott is on it. Um, Deborah Winger is on it. And like Sam Elliott is really funny and good uh-huh. on it. Like the acting is actually very good. It's also a weird mix because it's like very traditional sitcom beats, but with like, you know, the language that you can use on Netflix. So it's like a little bit. It's yeah. not it's not quite like watching a CBS sitcom or something where it's still like has all these kind of like network TV rules. But like, would yeah. you say it breaks the rules? On the ranch. The ranch is making rule breaking. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's not a great show. And I, I, they've made multiple seasons of it, and I have not watched all of them. Um, right. But it surprised me. I think I had to write about it for I was going to say, work. what drew you to that's the what ranch drew, That's initially. what drew me to it, was okay. that I, I was assigned to write about it. And uh, I actually found myself enjoying it much more than <laughs> I thought I would. Me too. Leanne, do you have uh, something that's bad, but so bad it's actually good besides the circle? Are you yeah, a ranch head? No, I'm not a ranch head. But there's one that has become sort of like the pinnacle, so bad it's good, which is you. I love this yeah. song. Uh, I actually don't know almost anything about that show. So it was a Lifetime Get show ready. that yeah. aired at the very end of 2019, mm-hmm. and nobody watched it. Nobody. Very, very few people watched it. So they canceled the show dumped for the first season on Netflix and then it just like instantly blew up because people were like, what the hell is this show? It's about Penn Badgley named Joe who's like this creepy bookstore guy who like kills people. He's a stalker. He's like an obsessive guy who like becomes obsessed with this woman and like it's clear that he's done this very thing in the past and it has not worked out very well for him but he also has these like very controlling tendencies Mm. which drive him to murder people eventually. Uh, So yeah, that is to say Netflix picked it up for a second season (laughs) (laughs) and it's now out there and it, 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 uh, I gotta say, it delivers. It's really good. Also, it's just like because he is like a books guy, he's like, I read a lot of books. Mm. It's, It's like stuffed with all of these very like on the nose literary references what is he into? and super like specific film references too. Yes. In especially oh. in the second, oh, they Amy say Adam. the weirdest shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the dialogue 
is nonsensical okay. in many ways. So why do you like it though? Oh God. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that's just uh, it's because it's so silly and so yes. heightened yeah. i think is just like it makes what would otherwise be like a very tough show for me to watch like i don't yeah. want to yeah. watch a woman yeah. get stalked sure. and then maybe murdered but like this the fact that it's such a melodrama and it's so like self-referential like it knows that it sucks yeah like it, it is fully aware like it's not taking itself seriously uh emma do you have let something me, besides let me you get my circle. notes do i have something besides you uh <laughs> thrillist especially i feel our team has gone on the record as like being very supportive of the oa mm. uh, what is that about which I really is save the oa hashtag save the oa yeah it is this show <laughs> wait no. oh, okay, sorry i don't want to i don't mean to interrupt but the oa is a good show oh okay i'm saying okay but here's why i'm saying this okay it's because the first season let her sucks. speak the first season's terrible but the second season is very, very good. This is why I'm putting it in this category. Are you going to allow it? <laughs> I mean, you can nominate whatever thing. I just like I, I only watched the first season actually, which is oh, embarrassing like for me. And I like the first oh, season. Dan. I mean, I understand it in the abstract sense why people thought the show was ridiculous or maybe not so great at times. But... What is the show about? Okay, sorry. so the show is about. <laughs> Okay. It's uh, created by Britt Marling, who's this like this woman who has made a lot of these like weird sort of sci-fi projects. And Britt is like, she's the star of the show as well. She plays this character called Prairie, who returned to her parents after being missing for a long time. And she was like blind before that, but now she can see. She meets this like group of boys and like one woman. And she like explains this like story of her past them. And like the whole first season is about them sort of deciding whether or not to believe whether or not she's telling them the truth, mm -hmm. which is something that really irked me. But it's very like metaphysical and it's very like uh, it deals with multiple worlds. The second season has like a giant talking octopus. Mm -hmm. I like that. Very cool. Yeah. All night was Sounds fun. bewildering. It's really weird, <laughs> but I genuinely think the second season is like beautiful and amazing. You just think season one is bad. It kind of had to be the way that it is in order for the second season to work. Okay. I was really surprised that I liked the second season as much as I did, which made the eventual cancellation all the more crushing. That's why I'm you're like, saying now save she's the OA. finally doing something. There yeah. is a like a there, campaign yeah. to save the OA after yeah. they canceled it. And there's this whole conspiracy of like, is this actually part of the show that they're canceling the OA to it bring gets it real back? weird. It gets okay. real deep. And yeah. so like there's actually a fan made movie that's <laughs> about this. I don't know. It seems like they're trying to bring this group of OA heads together. The thought is like, we are also a dimension in which the right. the OA is real. Is real yeah. yeah. And therefore, like, we will do the five movements because that's how you uh, break open the portal to a new dimension. Oh God. And then we can hop through it. Okay. So that's why I That's a lot. Out. Yeah. So last category. It's oh, wait, I have one more. Oh, okay. I Go. do have one that Dan will not argue with me about because it is so bad that it's good. <laughs> okay. And it's called The Witcher. Yes! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Okay. Uh, so this is uh, based on a video game that was based on a book? The show is based on the books, not the video game. Okay. Except the first book specifically, which is a series of short stories. Yes. Okay. Uh, except for the fact that Henry Cavill, who plays the titular Witcher, does like the voice from the games, which okay. is kind of funny. Yeah. I guess, you know, for, for the fans. And what yeah. do you do that? 
The Witcher is. <laughs> what is The Witcher? So yeah. he's uh, he's a magic man uh, who got turned into a Witcher. Who like they're very tough and like they kill hard monsters. To beat. They got to kill monsters, and he that's what a Witcher does. Yeah, yeah he's got been it. like this. The, he's looked the same, like purple eyes and white hair and shit for very like a cool. hundred years or something. Mm-hmm. Very buff. Just, yeah, super buff. Super yeah. buff. So buff. Right. You see him taking baths a lot. Mm-hmm. He okay. takes a lot of baths. Got to mention that. <clears throat> yeah, during uh, the bath or just no. Well, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, he said uh, it. And he fuck said it in are his uh, catchphrases. <laughs> oh, great. Which I love, yeah. personally. <laughs> um, he has a horse that he loves most. His name is Roach. Yeah. But the thing that I love most about this show, maybe, is, well, one, it's very fun. But two, I think what makes it fun is these, like, very video gamey type elements that make it into, like, the filmmaking of it. So there is a scene in which one of the main characters, like, turns into a, a like a, a magician witch yeah. and there is essentially like a character scene selection that rolled out behind her of like here are all these outfits that you can take from <laughs> oh. that you want to look or like there's something in the church where Henry Cavill the witcher has to go kill this beast so like he can retrieve this like young princess and just the way that it's shot is like third person like low angle behind him where you can like see the whole landscape okay. which is like literally a shot from the video game and you're itself. a gamer Leanne I like games yeah did you play the witcher mm, yeah I've played some of it but that said if you do know the games the show technically takes place before the series of the games it also like has three different timelines yes which really messes people up but eventually, you know, they all come together and yeah. he meets his his friends. What's his he, destiny. It seems yeah. like you really like this. And why do you consider it to be bad? Because remotely? it's also a very, like you, it's not you, but silly. you, the show. I was getting ready for that. <laughs> like you, yeah. it's, it's Like sucks. you, Will, um, it's very silly. Yeah, it's, and it's garbage. And it's really it bad. Is garbage, but we could tolerate it for an hour or so <laughs> once a week. It feels like a sort of Xena warrior princess type show. Yes. Where like, it's okay. very yes. fun. Like a Hercules Xena yeah, double. Like the point of the show is to have a nice time. Whereas <laughs> like we're post Game of Thrones right now. Like we're in this sort of high fantasy realm of like high fantasy is about like how much it sucked to live mm. in the Middle Ages. And how women get like fucking raped all the time and shit. And that doesn't happen in The Witcher. Oh. Geralt, that's his name, Geralt of Rivia, yes. is a great respecter of women. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> Every chance that he gets, he he stands up for women. He will talk to them. He will fight them. Yeah. Yes. He will. Doesn't matter. But you never have this like sense of like dread, like, oh, God, what horrible thing is going to happen right. to these people? Yeah. Because it's not about that. Definitely. All right. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, so what's a great way to spread awareness that driving high is illegal everywhere? A catchy song, of course. You can run, but you can't drive high. You can run, but you can't. Friendly reminder, don't drive high. If you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Greetings, Earthlings. I'm Emily Stefan. And I'm Gemini Hernandez. We're your resident weirdos, artists of all trades, and multicultural couple. And we have a classified secret to share with you. We're aliens. Okay, just kidding. We're human, unfortunately. But sometimes when we look around, we really do feel like we came from a different time or galaxy. So we created a space for all of us who wonder if we're in the right place. In the form of a podcast called In Our Own World. And this is your official invitation to join us on our new planet. I mean podcast. Strap in for the ride. Warning, it might get bumpy. 
We'll voyage through conversations about everything under the stars and maybe even pick up a few passengers along the way. Listen to In Our Own World starting April 13th as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Elliot Kalin, comedian, author, history buff, and host of the Who Was Podcast, a history quiz show based on the best-selling book series where kid contestants go toe-to-toe for a chance to win fantastic prizes. My co-host, B. That's me. And I ask the tough questions like... Would Mozart like TikTok? But that's not all we talk about on the show. Usually my signature look is bedhead. <laughs> all right, I like it. I do gymnastics and I have two scars. What? Are the scars from gymnastics or were you like wrestling dinosaurs and things like that? I really like history. Even my mom says I know more than most adults do. We've got fun games, silly songs. And don't forget to mention our amazing guests. It's me, Frida Kahlo. Uh, bonjour, c'est moi, Marie Curie. Hello, everyone. It's me, Aretha Franklin. Listen to the Who Was podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Who Was podcast because it's time to play the Who Was podcast. Who was? So. Last category, this is something that's actually good. Something that you like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, this is kind of a backhand way just to talk about, like, your actual favorite shows. Um, on Netflix, I think I said again, my, my the only show that I'm like, I'm glad that Netflix exists and made this is probably BoJack Horseman for me. Dan, what is your actually good Netflix show? <laughs> um, and it's them. not the Enron documentary. Yeah. I can't say that. Yeah, you no. said that way too many yeah. times. Yeah. Um, besides that, um, no, yeah, the most actually good Netflix show to me would be um, Mindhunter, yeah. which is my favorite, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, for people who don't know, Mindhunter is this show about the early days of the FBI's profiling program that was sort of uh, created to sort of create these psychological profiles of serial killers. So the show is about these two agents one of whom is kind of has a more like academic bent. One of them has more of a kind of like tough guy FBI agent Cold. bent. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the two of them go and interview different killers, uh, famous Ted Bundy and Charles Manson. Uh, it's directed and executive produced by David Fincher. So it, it very has, much looks like a Fincher film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has, if you like Zodiac or the, like his movies like that, it has that same If you like Benjamin of, Button. You <laughs> love if you love Benjamin yeah. Button, give Mindhunter a shot. Um, <laughs> No, it's just uh, incredibly well made and it's really engrossing. The writing's really smart. And uh, I don't know, it's just very thoughtful about like mm-hmm. uh, the history of that era and the history of that kind of form of crime fighting, I guess. But it's also yeah. like a lot of it is about how it's not terribly effective either, which is interesting because <laughs> yes, like you, yeah. you sort of realize like they build these profiles and they're, they're really studious about it and then like they quickly fall apart. And in some ways, it's like a criticism of that type of work um it's really smart and the actors are great and it looks cool and it's intense and it's kind of scary and uh i think like when you think about netflix's attempts to make like big prestige shows and stuff like a lot of them in retrospect like house of cards or like bloodline Mm -hmm. it's like they kind of just didn't really sustain a level of like quality at a certain point um and mindhunter only has two seasons and there's a possibility they might not get a third season. And that's what I've said. Yeah, yeah, but I hope they do because honestly, I think it's like uh, probably the best thing that Netflix has uh, funded. So. Yeah. So like there's a report that came out about sort of like how Netflix is thinking about their television shows. And one of the like 
big sticking points of this story was that to essentially like save money, like gleaning data and like how do we optimize our shows essentially, they'll cut shows off after a second season pretty much regardless of how well it's doing or how popular it is. Really? Simply because there is such a jump, like a leap in pay for all the people involved in Mm -hmm. the show. Even a show that is just a clear hit like Stranger Things? Well, I mean, well, I mean Stranger yeah. Things has like surpassed this yeah. threshold. Yeah. I think but... It's also it has to do with like subscribers. Because like yeah. the idea is that new shows attract new subscribers. But a second season of an already existing show is not going to make people. Is, right. Yeah. That so that's why a lot of these shows like um, Glow or they've kind of been ended sort of prematurely. Um, Mindhunter, I think, is also a little unique because, yeah. like, David Fincher is also making a big movie for Netflix He's now. He's made so many. He has so right. many projects so, with them. Yeah. Yeah. So in their camp. Yeah. So there's a possibility that, like, maybe he was kind of like, I want to focus on this movie and I don't want to focus on Mindhunter yeah. right now. And maybe they'll make more in the future. I don't. Yeah. I hope I, they do. Yeah. It'd be nice. <laughs> Leanne, uh, what's your actually good show? I'll run through a quick list. So there's, like, Cheer cheerleading oh, squad I, that just you know what I watched that recent recently. phenomenon it's very good. touching it's very good I cried at the end yeah. that just like build up of like teens sportsmanship mm-hmm. and like building to this like very intense singular moment cheerleading that, like, reality show basically. yes thank yeah. you um, The Staircase was an old actually true crime series that Netflix kind of recut a few episodes of and added mm-hmm. into. Um, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, there's, oh. like, some new footage that they stuck with the story. So it's just, like, this very insane timeline of, like, this crime author who's accused of killing his wife and that, like, runs through the whole trial. They just do a really good job with the details in the background, mm-hmm. and there's just, like, so many crazy beats. Unlike Don't Fuck With Cats. Yes, right? <laughs> One that's from a few years ago that I think people have kind of, like, forgotten about is Lady Dynamite, which is Maria Bamford's show. That show is hilarious. I, so I was really sad. Another two-season yeah. show, but I love that show a lot. Just right. like, she's very open about mental health and her issues. How would you describe that show? Like, an like another sort of sketch comedy thing. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, like, it has like sort of let them run wild. Yeah. yeah. But it's all, yeah, it's very like, this is the head of Maria Bamford. Like, this is what mm-hmm. she comes up with, which is both like great and hilarious and honest and like kind of heartbreaking at the same time because like mental illness is a huge problem. Yeah. There are some very poignant moments in that show. Yes, yeah. I agree. So there's another reality show that I really, really, really love called Terrace House. It's Japanese. Okay, I've heard of it. Uh, It's just like the most low stakes reality show that you could have. Just six people, they just live in a house together and that's it. Sure. The biggest incidents are things over like food. And the fun part of the show too is that there's this panel of commentators. So they're like constantly on a roll of like... Come like saying talking about what's happening. Like who do they think is good? Who do they think is bad? Like who are the villains on the show? Is the language Japanese? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you gotta read subtitles. That's but fine. I like it. Get Bonjour over it. Just, yeah, we yeah. just. I, had... I, I like. I, I put subtitles. I think I saw a tweet from you actually that you were saying you put subtitles on everything. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do started too. that also. Um, I turned them on because I was watching anime. And yeah. like when you on Netflix or Prime or whatever, when you turn subtitles on, it doesn't turn them off or any other right. show. It just mm-hmm. keeps them on. So yeah. I just kept them on. Um, speaking of anime, and I'll be done after this. We can yeah. move on to Emma. <laughs> there are two shows in, in particular that Netflix has done that I think are like actually phenomenal. One is Agretsuko, which is Sanrio Spawn Con. So Retsuko is this like, so if you know Hello Kitty, like it's in that very same aesthetic. Okay. Retsuko is this red panda. She's an office worker. It's a 12-minute show, but so, like, she has all these very frustrating experiences that happen to her. And on the outside, like, in her office, she's just like, mm-hmm, 
thing, yeah. dealing with it, like I'm about to fucking explode inside. And then she blows off all the steam by doing death metal karaoke. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just like honestly, a, it's a very poignant examination of like what it's like to be this age right now in a in a corporate world, mm-hmm. uh, and also a woman, and like what that means for relationships and the pressures around that. Yeah, um, one that is just like straight up slapstick, and I think it's really really funny. Is called the Disastrous Life of Psyche K, and it's about this like pink haired telekinetic high schooler who's just like I hate everything everything sucks mm-hmm. um, and it's just like is there crime of, fighting mm, sort of well, <laughs> no, no no there's like some like world ending disaster stuff okay cool. so it's obviously like very out there yeah um, but in general like I think it's very interesting that like in, as we're talking about Netflix expanding globally they've also put a shit ton of money into developing like original anime series and acquiring anime series yeah so in particular last year it was a big deal when they got the licensing rights for Neon Genesis Evangelion and the couple of movies that are attached to it, when it came to Netflix, it sort of, it almost felt like a Netflix original mm. to some people maybe because mm-hmm. they were discovering this new thing for the first time. They're like, does, holy it, shit. Does it have that little end? It no. does not. No. no. <laughs> yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. Emma. How do I follow that? I mean, let's see. I do, I do have a few. Uh, speaking of David Fincher mm. and all the stuff that he's doing for Netflix, David Fincher and Tim Miller produced this thing called love death and robots that is this like animated anthology series every episode is like three to like five ten minutes long yeah. they're like animated shorts essentially um and there's Some no live lo- action yeah there there are I'm few sorry live action ones, but all of them have like and or either elements of love uh death what's the third one <laughs> and robot okay yeah and so they could have like any combination of the three things or like one thing or two or i don't know it's fine there are some that are better than others. There are some mm-hmm. that are just sort of bad. And there are some that are really, 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 really good that make, you know, watching through the whole thing worth it. Like if you're an animation fan, like it's all different styles of stuff, like yeah. all different people worked on this stuff. Uh, and sort of in that same vein, Netflix had this show a few years ago called Sense8. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've heard of this. Which was done by the Wachowski sisters who did The Matrix, who did Cloud Atlas, who did Jupiter Ascending. Uh, don't forget Speed Racer. Don't forget. We, we cannot forget Speed <laughs> Racer. Um, it's a totally original idea. It's about these this like group of people who are suddenly like connected in their minds and they can like talk to each other. And they're in all like different parts of the world. It was one of Netflix's most expensive shows uh, years ago when they weren't really making much original content because they were actually going on location to India or like Germany and filming there. And it's this beautiful show about like human connection and is there crime fighting there's so much crime okay, fighting see, there you go <laughs> it plays around with genre like uh the stuff in india is sort of very bollywood influenced the stuff in europe is like very sort of like european crime drama influenced or whatever oh fun okay uh and yeah it's like it's so good and like you know characters like fall in love with each other and like sometimes they get to like meet in person physically and it's just like it's so cool it's kind of hard to explain um, but there well, are. I think you did a good job. I think mm-hmm. I, I have did a grasp a good job. of it. I have yeah. a grasp if I want to watch it or not, and I think I kind of do. You should. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's a lot of. That's a lot of picks. I hope somebody was writing this down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that should be like, yeah, like nine hundred hours <laughs> yeah. of. Uh, yeah. Stuff yeah. That just sets you for the rest of your life. I hope you Everyone enjoyed this twelve-hour podcast <laughs> about TV shows. <laughs> that's what we do here. Um, yeah. So that about does it. Dan, do you want to tell people where they can find you? I'll be ranch uh, guy. Uh, <laughs> at, no, it's, uh, at Enron. Fan. Um, no, uh, yeah, I am at Daniel V. Jackson on Twitter. And um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Leanne? 
Um, I am at L-E-A-N-B-U-T-K on Twitter, and I will not give my Instagram handle. <laughs> That's fine. Just because it's too difficult. Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people can find it if you do enough snooping. I like yeah. your cheer-inspired uh, Twitter read-off. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Emma? It all comes back to cheer. Yeah. It all does. I'm also on Twitter at Stefabski. It's my last name with a letter changed Mm -hmm. because I just want to make everyone's lives difficult. Yeah. Well, where can we find you? Oh, me? Uh, (laughs) At Will Fulton. Oh, cool. And Instagram. Ooh. Um, Also, I think we should talk about the stream mail if people want more uh, Netflix recommendations. Our entertainment team has a weekly email called the stream mail. We have two, in fact. Oh. Uh, there's stream mail. <laughs> okay. There's stream mail, which comes on Monday. Yep. Get all your hot weekend picks, which mm-hmm. just came out. What's on Amazon? What's on HBO? And what do you gotta watch? And Netflix, of course. Yep. And then on Friday afternoon, we have something called the weekend watch, which is just like, what are you gonna pull up this weekend? Cool. What's out there? What's yes. in theaters? What's on Netflix? What's not? Totally. All kinds of stuff. Go on the website, thrills.com, and you can find a way to subscribe. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah you can figure it out. You'll sure. find it. Well, find they're it. prompts okay. and stuff. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and talking on Netflix. Thanks for having well, us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. See you next week. Bye. And once again, don't forget about that survey we have in our description and on the site, thrills.com. So survey. Take it. You might win some free money, and we'd really appreciate it. I want to thank Megan Kirsch and Ocean McAdams on the Thrillist side for making all of this happen. Brett Kushner, David Zwick, and Emily Feld, our Group 9 fam. My podcast partner in crime, Molly Schulson, who produced this episode. iHeartRadio's Mangesh Hatakudor, our editor, Randy Scott Carroll, and of course, our mixer, Ernie Indradat, who makes everything sound great. All right, we'll see you next week. Hey, I'm Miles Gray. And I'm Jack O'Brien. We're the hosts of the Daily Zeitgeist, and we want to tell you about our new podcast, Miles, Miles and, Jack and Jack Got, got Mad, Mad Boosties, an, an NBA, NBA podcast from, from iHeartRadio. Radio. We nailed that. This is a weekly podcast about all the amazing moments that keep all of us NBA fans coming back for more. Basically, if you love basketball and you like to laugh, listen to Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties, an NBA podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girl. And hey, guys. We're back at it again on the Black Effect Podcast Network. This is Tam Bam and AJ from We Talk Back Podcast. Y'all tune in every Thursday. Yep, iHeartRadio app is number one for podcasts. But look, don't take our word for it. Find We Talk Back Podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. So speak now and never hold your peace. The wait is over. Bridgerton Season 2 has arrived on Netflix, which means we're also back with another season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. Follow along episode by episode as we revisit memorable moments on and off screen and discover hidden Easter eggs with some of your favorite actors and directors from Season 2. Jack Murphy is teaching Eloise how to dance. And he's going, and a one, and a two. That's Jack? Yeah! Listen to Bridgerton, the official podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.